Another one of those good old feel-good Quincy Jones show episodes. We are your host. I am mm-hmm. Quincy Jones Go. And of course, I got the best damn tag team to my well, he would be to my right, but uh, uh digitally, he's uh to my left, uh via the Zoom gang, uh Suzuki Zoom, uh <clears throat> you know, lower the Zoom, uh Legion of Zoom. It's all about um, the Zoom. Yeah. You know, yeah, uh, Doc Lesnar, hip hop hybrid, only one in existence, pro wrestling, hip hop, all that. We back, new episode, big news. I mean, I don't want to call it big news. There's definitely this controversy, obviously, because this is kind of a some unprecedented waters that we've seen WWE take with this. Um, yeah, but this isn't the first time we've seen something like this. Uh, more particularly out of uh. Sasha Banks and if you're living under under a rock we will read the statement that came in I think like within the first hour of a raw during the live taping uh this is directly from WWE's social uh, media department quote when Sasha Banks and Naomi arrived at the arena this afternoon they were informed of their participation in the main event of tonight's Monday Night Raw during the broadcast they walked into WWE head of talent relations John Laurinaitis office with their suitcases in hand placed their tag team championship belts on his desk and walked out Ooh, they said belts they're not supposed to say belts Ooh. uh they claimed they weren't respected enough as tag team champions and even though they were uh they had eight hours to rehearse and construct their match they claimed that they were uncomfortable in the ring with two of their opponents even though they've had matches with those individuals in the past with no consequence you mean meaning that they didn't insubordinate themselves then because they were doing their jobs. Mm. Uh, Monday Night Raw is, is a scripted live TV show. Kayfabe. Kayfabe alert. Kayfabe, bro. Whose character characters Ooh. are expected to perfor- perform the requirements of their contract. Ooh. Ooh. Pull the whole Band-Aid off. And then they end with, we regret we were unable to deliver as advertised tonight's main event. So, card subject to change. Which I was gonna say, is this the first time? Like, you swear, like y'all ain't done that before millions of times and acted like, oh, what do you mean it was supposed to be Bobby versus Brock? No, we just said it was supposed to be Brock at the Garden. That's all we said. I mean, how many times have we they never? Done that? We never said Rocky was gonna be here per se. We were just gonna celebrate his twenty years mm-hmm. in Brooklyn. I mean, working at Honda Center, there was many times, whether it was a house show or a live show, where oh, the yeah, advertised yeah. main event would change literally. And it would be advertised for like two months at least, you know? Yeah, they would change it. Yeah, I, me- no I remember those days because we'd be like on the current product, like, how are they going to move towards that? I'm, I'm interested to see how, yeah. like, how do we get that main event or whatever they're advertising. And then, then it changes. You're like, oh, they didn't. Okay. <laughs> but like you said, they would always say at the very end, Card subject to change, and that's everywhere, man. I mean, uh, but I'm not giving them an out, obviously. With that, more bigger fish to fry. Um, what do you make of this whole? Uh, I, I don't want to call it a stunt, but obviously some sort of statement being made here. Um, mm-hmm. Again, you know, referencing that there was some rumored and alleged 
similar actions that were taken between her and Bailey regarding the same championships, what, like two, three years ago around WrestleMania? Yeah. So, and again, only only the people involved know the truth uh, aside from the rumors of what happened, what, did, what didn't happen. But this is different because this is WWE getting ahead of it. You know what I mean? And, and yeah, putting out the statement that, okay. So that's, what's weird for me is it's unprecedented and the things I'm hearing, which I don't want to jump the gun. Cause I'm sure you got more uh, on the subject is that a lot of people are kind of taking backstage. It's taking the stance that, yo, why are you guys taking this so seriously? Like you're kind of like, like it's not that serious type of thing. But at the same time, if it's not that serious, then why own it like during the tele, uh, you know, or, or the broadcast like that? Because that's just not something that's happened before. Um, and then also, it's my understanding that when they did this and walked into John Laurinaitis's office, apparently Vince was still in Gorilla doing the show. Yeah, it was and like within I think either right as it started or within the first hour. Where yeah. he got like told about it, I'm like, oof. And so he was the one piping in all whatever yeah. was said on commentary. I which, heard about you that. Know, yeah, because Corey and, Graves was raining down like the unprofessionalism stuff, and, and yeah. I, I, I don't blame him. He's doing his job. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, I heard. I heard Carmella had to defend him low key on Twitter because he was getting a lot of hate. You know, because I mean, Sasha Banks and Naomi have very loyal fan bases yeah 100 but um it's hard not to think that is this all just a work i I, I don't know you know to try to elevate the belts in some way by doing some controversy equals cash sort of thing but it's also my understanding that the plans were that each woman was going to although tag team champions were supposed to like each get a title shot on the respective show i think like naomi yeah, I, I got I got I got the details yeah. on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what's kind of weird if that like because that's not a bad look, but I guess in this grand scheme of if they thought doing so to further other storylines was gonna like push the tag belts down in terms of interest. I don't know if that's why they did it, but it yeah. is it's it's interesting, is basically that that's in a short version of my answer. It's interesting and I think it could be a work, but I don't know. There's a lot. I don't. Of I don't think it's work. a work. I think if anything, maybe if whatever gets reconciled after this, if if at all, they could try to salvage it as so. Mm-hmm. But like, as far as like the Corey Graves stuff, I'm like, what are you guys blaming Corey for? What do you want? Like, he's supposed to be a martyr for a, a cause that's not his, and him having yeah. him get, get involved. Like, like he may sympathize with them. He may even be friends with them. But like, yeah. he's supposed to risk his own you know what i mean uh job for a cause that's not his own no. and he has to i mean yeah he's he's in a hard place but i mean like like i don't see anyone like holding it against tony shivani to this day you know about how many butts that mick foley was going to put in the seats you that's know I mean? a like, very very good point and i don't think it's specific to Corey. i mean i think if pat mack did the same thing he yeah absolutely kidding. You know, so it, it's very yeah. much just a case of someone just doing their job, especially if it was in the middle. Yeah, I'm just trying to play like, devil's advocate with that. I mean, there's something we can do on this podcast and tell people to just cut the shit. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that, the shit. And, face. you know, that's a win for me. But um, yeah, this is what uh, this is what coming from Mike Johnson, a PW insider uh, with, you know, the quote, lots more on the Sasha Banks, Naomi walkout, Naomi walkout, I should say. Um, pretty much. uh. You know, the original uh, conceived finish for that six pack they were going to do 
as he said, would have featured uh, you know the tag champions facing off, I guess, as the last two against each other. And then with Naomi going over Sasha to be the number one contender to go on against Bianca at Hell in a Cell. And, you know, I guess not, I don't know if they were trying to plant seeds or something, but I'm like, yeah, that's kind of weird that you'd have the tag champs go. I mean, I guess in a sense, it kind of like is big enough and not to make it racial, but black wrestling, you know what I mean? As far as having the, 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 the final two in a six pack challenge to determine the number one contendership to a, an African-American champion right now. That's kind of a highlight, low key. You know what I mean? But no, I, I, I agree. Um, I just heard that that was just a rumor that the actual plan was for Naomi to not act. Supposedly, there were supposed to, they were supposed to tease dissension throughout the whole night and then never have any interaction with Naomi getting the win on Nikki Ash. Apparently, was the was the plan that they say. But you know, they could correct you know the narrative yeah it's weird because it says that there's more than one version of the story this is he said this is one of the versions that were floated by several to them but they also went on to say that the original plan for raw would have seen banks and naomi featured in two or three segments uh building up to the idea that they would be facing off in the main event after the Mm -hmm. bout raw would have uh you know gone off the air with the pair celebrating that naomi was going to face so it says that's supposedly again one of the that's two times that they brought that up uh, this says the conceived storyline idea was that Naomi would then go to on the hell in a cell and lose to Bianca Belair. There are some who believe that at this week's SmackDown, an angle would have also been shot for Sasha Banks to wrestle and lose to Ronda Rousey, likely mm-hmm. also at hell in a cell. So the women's tag champions would have effectively been used to put over the raw and SmackDown women's tag champion uh, title holders in the weeks ahead. We are told that at some point during the day, likely after the initial concerns about creative were raised, there was an alternative idea that would have been Banks and Naomi having a short tag team match instead and be beat down after the setup a different program. One source cited that their opponents would have been Nikki Ash and Dewdrop, but we have not 100% confirmed that to be the case. Uh, we are told that shortly before Raw, Banks and Naomi were informed by producer Molly Holly that WWE was actually going to go with the six-pack uh, challenge direction instead with Naomi going over shortly after they informed John Laurinaitis they were leaving, leaving the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships behind. Um, PW, PW Insider is told Vince McMahon, like you said, was sitting at Gorilla. Uh, and I guess there was like a uh, this impromptu Becky Lynch, Adam P- Pierce segment uh, that was pitched on the spot to kind of, you know, make up for time. Uh, yeah, McMahon, I heard Becky did that. Yeah, it said it, 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 it's one source credited to be Lynch, uh, you know, the brainchild uh, behind mm-hmm. that one. Um, and uh, yeah, so the belief among some is that the creative issue is not with Banks losing na- to Naomi, but how the duo would have been portrayed over the next several weeks, especially after they had to put so much time into building their team. Once Miss McMahon issued uh, an edict that they would be teaming up and winning the tag titles at WrestleMania. And uh, that, and ap- so basically, after diving into building that team, they were going to be wrestling each other and then go off to put a- over other talents, leaving them exactly w- uh, where no one knows, which apparently was the-, the crux of the issue. So I guess maybe them not knowing, okay, and then what's happening after that? I mean, because then we're-, we're making them look good. And then you guys obviously have plans for them at post, or, you know, them make, you know, us not squashing them, but you know what I'm saying, putting them over. But then what are we yeah. doing for the t- so I could like I said, there's certain sides of it I can understand, but I mean I don't know if you know I mean. Um, but it says I heard um that, but that I was gonna say uh, this, is la- this is just the last sentence. Oh yeah, it says the WWE plan uh the, the WWE plan looks to have been that the WWE tag titles would have been downplayed a bit until their next program after Hell in a Cell. So that's also probably worth noting why they probably felt that way too. So 
Yeah, I mean, it kind of goes like uh, kind of what I was suggesting maybe earlier. Maybe that was their fear is that we're going to be advancing these other storylines and these other women, which they, you know, probably appreciate and respect in the ring. But it's like, but at at the, you know, at the risk of lowering the value of the tag team championships is what it seems like. And I, well, what I uh, read and heard, too, was that the Do Drop Nikki Ash uh, program was actually pitched by the champs, but Vince didn't like it. And so that's why he Which wanted is, to do the six pack. Yeah, it's, it's weird because they did do this on screen thing where like Dewdrop had walked up to Nikki Ash after being gone like, off screen for a bit, and she was like, "Are you mm. finally ready to stop playing around?" You know what I mean? And then mm. she was like, "Yeah." And yeah, because I think it. they're both <laughs> Scottish, so that yeah. I mean, that, it's a solid pairing, you know. Which it's funny because uh, I did just go see that movie Uncharted. Uh, based oh, yeah, on that, that video game, it was pretty good actually. If, I mean, you know, with uh, Tom Holland, uh, Mark yeah. Wahlberg, they look like um, they can actually be related. That's Antonio Banderas, good. they're actually not, they don't play brothers in the, in the movie. So, oh, okay, yeah. Um, Antonio Banderas is in that, okay, yes, he is. Uh, it, and there's, there's a black female lead too. I forgot her, mm-hmm. I, Tati, uh, Tati, I forgot her last name. T-A-T-I, Tati. I think I know who you're talking I about. Forget, yeah, I've seen her in another movie. I think she was also in a Django, actually. Now I think about it. Um, but yeah, there's that one part where this this Scottish dude's like, Oh, you come to play with the big boys, huh? Now it's time for a real Scottish welcome. But he says it horror, like you you understand it, but he's like, What what? So it's like it's funny because I, I was listening to D Drop. I'm like, Yeah, that's that that kind of gave me the same, the same feels. But um, you know, we were talking mm. about Corey Graves kind of getting some hate. You know who else kind of got oh, a little Tati bit of, Gabrielle? Thank you, thank you, yeah. yeah. Uh, another person that kind of got a little bit of ire from the situation is Matt Cardona. You know, he loves to ah. play, up, play up the heel stuff. I don't know if you saw this, but I did. Yeah, I he's, did. he said, quote, it's, a, it's a, a picture of him in the neck brace in the wheelchair being thrown off the stage by Kane. And he says, quote, if I can go back in time, the night I was pushed off the stage in a wheelchair on Raw, I should have walked into Johnny Ace's office placed my neck brace on the table and walked out because I wasn't being respected enough as internet champion. So a lot of people didn't like that, but one person in particular, CM Punk responded. Mm-hmm. He said, if you'd go back in time to stand up for yourself, you should have stand up for the workers now. So, yep. yeah, hmm. that, I mean, I, I, I was confused. I didn't know if maybe Punk didn't realize he was just working or if he did realize that and didn't appreciate him taking advantage of that situation to work, you know what that, I mean? That's, that's the, the risk of Twitter is the miscommunication. Very I mean, much. You, so. know, you don't know. I mean, there's no translation for intention on those things. You don't know who's being sarcastic, satirical or yeah. serious or honest. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean this, like I could see him doing this because like, he's like, well, shit, I didn't not like I could walk off back when I was getting treated like shit, but it's like, you could have, and you could have been yeah. doing what you're doing now a long time ago. Yeah. Did you so, have you heard the latest uh, on the Bischoff? What Bischoff said about Punk, by the way? No. He called him the biggest financial flop in re- like like since I don't know who who. You know, are, you, not are, ever. are you sure? Are you sure it wasn't when you decided to pay Ultimate Warrior a bunch of money to come back to WCW yeah, and stink I, up I, the I'm, joint? I'm, I'm sure he's eager. Fuck out of here, bro to pass that honor on to somebody else I'm very or, or, sure. or, or how y'all fucked up the fact that people missed the main event because y'all ran out of time on pay-per-view against fucking goldberg and uh or was it was it goldberg no no it was sting goldberg and hogan and right no no, no 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 that was mm-hmm. all we havoc there was a, a pay-per-view where they ran out of time because they only they only get a certain amount of time that they pay for on the pay-per-view if I, 
if I remember correctly, it was DDP and Goldberg. It, some of you got cut, cut off, and they had to replay the main event the next night on Nitro for free. Was it? I kept thinking it was the Hogan Sting one for some reason. I don't know why. But um, no, that, got, that stunk for a different reason. <laughs> maybe that's maybe they're, they're just two stinky joints. <laughs> uh, crutch, crutchless stinky joints. Um, yes. But you know what? Uh, speaking of WWE, or I guess I should say uh, former WWE uh, stars in the same vein. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this. There's a, a new uh, company starting up uh, being headed uh, by former authors of pain. Um, it's being called. I was going to bring this up last week, actually. Yeah. Well, see, I'm glad we waited because there's more, a little bit more info on, on what they got going. Um, they're gonna be... it's, all I, all I heard, not to interrupt. All I heard was they were wearing many hats on this project. Not, they weren't just working. They were going to be booking and all that stuff. They obviously didn't have your hair. So. <laughs> to, to get in the no. way to do so but no. uh they're gonna be throwing an event they actually started a new uh company called wrestling entertainment series uh hmm. they're gonna be having a debut event on june 4th uh at the motor po- point arena in nottingham england across the pond there it's oh, be wow. streaming, streaming live on fight tv so they, they already secured some streaming stuff for this and uh, there's gonna be a lot of former uh wwe talent on here uh and here's some of the matches they already announced adam share Versus, and I know you recognize this name, but not in this uh, forum. Alistar Over uh, Overeem, remember him? The yeah, guy the who four, faced uh, Brock. Uh, Brock Lesnar. Yeah, and yeah. then they took it away because uh, steroids. He was juicing. Yeah, uh, they're going to face off to crown the first WES champion. So that should be interesting. I don't know how much training Alistar has, uh, oh. you know, but that should be interesting based on size and just those uh, two kaiju's, as they always like to say. Well, Adams, he's taken an MMA style punch to the face before, just in case it gets to shoot. So, you know. Uh, oh, 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 you mean uh, base when, uh, you know, he needed to calm the fuck down? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, was like, he had a Shane McMahon moment, real quick. Fuck, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, nah, I'd rather the Shane McMahon than fuck. I'd rather, yeah, get, yeah. I'd, I'd rather get tagged in the nose with a, with a, with a fucking dropkick. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, the former Nia Jax, Lena Fanin, will be taking on CJ Perry, the former Lana. Uh, which I, I laughed at because I was like, man, they just can't get away from each other uh, to, <laughs> to determine the fuse. Right. Which is crazy because everyone, I guess, the, again, rumors with Twitter and all that, you never know what's up. But, you know, the, that was the news was supposedly she wasn't going to be wrestling no more. Naya. Yeah. yeah. But uh, this could be, be a, a I was going to say this could be a significant bag, especially for CJ, too. You know what I mean? Because she I mean, I yeah. feel like if she really wanted to, she probably could have been tagging along with uh miro at this point yeah at least um, as a ballet so. but yeah that's gonna be the first wes women's championship match so that's gonna determine the inaugural champ for that and then oh. now instead of the the authors of pain they're now known as the legion of pain i don't know if they got permission from 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 the boy you know from from ellering or or them not like, good or who, yeah. who or i don't know who he would need to get you know i don't know legion of pain taking on well to be fair the legion of doom Although it was a nickname, that was the WWE thing. They were always well, yeah, Road Warriors. Well, so. well, they 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 couldn't use the Road War. They wanted to, but they yeah. legally couldn't. So they were like, "Well, just oh, I, I thought they just wanted to own them. That's what I thought it was." But maybe it was that. Ma- yeah, maybe it could be that. I mean, that, that's not like it's it has it's not being done that's, right yeah, now. That's a Vince's. Uh, sure, yeah. They're taking on the former Forgotten Sons and Steve Macklin and Wes Blake to determine the first WES Tag Team Champions, and Man. then. <laughs> and, and, and and so check this out. This is gonna be a random triple threat. You hear this? Killer Cross, Jonah, and Samurai Del Sol. Oh, what? 
I'm mean, yeah, like, like, but but what? that on paper got me. Interested. I'm like, I need to know what what they're gonna be. I know there's gonna be some spot where he's I'm like, kinda, I'm kind of so. mad. <laughs> the way you said that, I was like, oh, okay, kill a croc. Oh, okay, John, that's that's going. Yeah, to yeah, be I was, a I, yeah, it, party. It, Sam, yep. what? <laughs> yep. Uh, then we also got um, Madison Rain teaming with Tanil Dashwood to take on Deanna Perrazzo and Chelsea Green to determine the first WES Tag Team Champions. It doesn't say Women's Tag Team Champions. I noticed that. Oh. Maybe the, maybe they're just going to – maybe they are, but they're just going to call them the same and not really differentiate like that. Yeah. Um, then there's also uh, Lince Dorado taking on Dean Matati, a.k.a. Mojo Raleigh. Yeah, And then we right. got uh, Mike Bennett taking on Biff – Busick, a.k.a. Uh, Lorny, uh, Oni, yeah, Lorkin. Oni Lorkin. Yeah. And then uh, we got Dirty Dango, obviously Fandango, taking on Levi uh, Valenzuela Jr., a.k.a. No Way Jose. Yeah. That's a lot of... Uh, Bags for that, everybody. Yeah, for sure. And you said this is in England? England, report, yeah, June 4th, yeah. Okay, the report, the report I read said they were looking to uh, throw it in Dubai. Uh, but they did say early June, so they must have maybe resecured a different location. But either way, that's definitely more than I had at the well, time. I, just it, had... I mean, the, the name says series, so maybe it's going to be more than one event. You never know. This is just the the first one I got info on. So Are, okay, and, and you said they're facing who? Oh, the Forgotten Sons. Okay, see, you forgot already. The game is they, working. What are they going by? They just says uh, Steve Macklin and, and Wes. Okay. Yeah, I didn't. It didn't have a. Remember I'm, us. That's the name of the. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> that's the name of the tech team. Remember us. Uh, it's like forgotten, or maybe it's like it's, it's only one son, and and we're the yin and the yang of that son. We don't have we don't have Jackson with us anymore. We we, we promise. Forgotten <laughs> like, sibs, like siblings or bros. The bros. <laughs> they can go by Blake and Macklin. Dean take, comes over or Matadi. You trying to steal my gimmick? Trying to stay hype. <laughs> not on my watch uh speaking of uh i was talking about miro and uh and uh lana earlier lana actually put announced that uh her husband and i believe you you may have uh talked a little bit about this before we had any type of uh details uh, behind it um that miro will be appearing in a new cbs cop drama uh called east new york it's gonna be oh. airing this fall on sundays at 9 p.m so i guess he's gonna be in the pilot i'm here for it she says, so proud of to be Miro doing his first pilot and for CBS. Miro plays the greatest villain no matter what genre of storytelling he is in. Catch him on East New York. Watch bet. <laughs> we watch it. He's just like a petty like thief. Like he's just not even like the big fish. And I'm like, he killed it. He killed that shit. <laughs> I'm fully, I'm fully uh, expecting to see like a version, a mob version of the Redeemer. Well, you remember he did do that movie with like there's like with Dolph Ziggler and all these guys that were doing like this wrestling movie. Was it? I don't think it was a Marine movie, but it was like this, this, uh, like some crime happened and it's going down at this wrestling event. And then I, I remember like they 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 did this whole thing where they were they filmed a lot of it, you know, using the live event crowds and shit like that. I can't remember what it was, but it was like this thing. I was like, this is a real movie. It sounds familiar. I, I can't. I, I don't know what title it is, though. But yeah, that's yeah, no, 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 you're asking the wrong guy. Uh, in the frame of AEW, I have a update also on uh, Kenny Omega or all oh, Jim Ross as well. Jim Ross says uh, on his latest Grilling Jr. podcast that he signed an extension with AEW that extends his deal with the company as lead announcer for an additional twelve to eighteen months. So oh. there's that, and then also with Kenny Omega, there is no known uh, timetable on his potential return to the ring. But he has been back at AWTV tapings the last several weeks, working behind the scenes, including producing some of the women's division matches, uh, as confirmed by PW Insider. So, okay, 
Good yeah. sign. Good sign. And the only other thing I have left, and uh, it's, uh, it's kind of wrestling related. Uh, it's in, you know, update on the XFL. Actually, uh, they've actually have just struck a deal. I know there was a lot of talk as the Rock bought it after it kind of went under, and we didn't yeah. know what was going to happen with it. But it says that they struck a, a global TV rights deal with Disney. It says the league and Disney have struck a multi-year global rights deal that will see all XFL regular season and playoff games running on ESPN, ABC, and uh, FX. Uh, they also tweeted about it on their official uh, tw- uh, Twitter saying we're making an official multi-agreement with Walt Disney Co. and ESPN who have uh, exclusive broadcast rights for all of 2023 to 2027 game day content, tent pole events and more. Uh, and I guess there's going to be 43 game seasons. So again, streamed wow. uh, across ABC, ESPN and uh, FX. Okay. Yeah, the last so next uh, year. the latest I heard from XFL was that they were kind of in some yeah weird legal thing. trouble. I forgot yeah, the guy's the name, but yeah, they, that's because they kind of like screwed over. I mean, because when you think about it, like they had a lot of people that came in and invested money only for it to like go on or after like a couple games because of the pandemic. Oh no, I'm talking about something happening with the logo. There oh, the, oh, I heard was... about that. Yeah, yeah, they, they were trying to say it was like similar to their logo. I'm like, man, there's a lot yeah. of. T- fonts out there bro like calm it down. was just weird how the how the uh how they were the lady was like really acting a little like aggressive huh like yeah. drew it and it's like bro yeah. the rock didn't draw that like he, he hires someone to do that like that's what you know so it was kind of weird how it was just like hey rock nice try like you know my lawyer is ceasing to sit. It was just like, oh. I mean, okay. look, I, I can't say I blame him because they know they know he's caked up. So I, I get it. They're trying to see what they can do. That's what I thought too. Let's so. be real, bro. Like, I mean, there. You know how many you know how many parody shirts we see every day that people are selling and getting money for it. We just talked about one the other day. You yeah. know what I mean? So, it's but like, I think she's like a former like like real deal pro soccer player. Uh, like she was like a. Like, I will not be strong armed by a man. That's what yeah, it comes yeah. off like to me. Like, <laughs> shit, I'm, I'm the fuck down. Yeah. But they um, got a TV deal. So that that's uh that's interesting. We'll see how that how that and 43 games in the season. That'll be interesting. So yeah, it's see, like I'm looking at what this con says. Uh please tell me the controversy over the XFL logo is a joke. Eh. So this is the together logo, if you could see it. Oh, yeah, no, I've seen it. I've seen the... the so they're trying deal. to say that looks like that. Mm-mm. No. no. Yeah, and there, no. Was another, there was another one that I saw, too, that, like, I, I can see the similar shape. Damn, I they, guess, they even broke like down the, the font name. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, that's, it seems like it's more of a font thing than it is like, oh, we drew it exactly this way, inspired directly by your, you know logo and stole it for a football man things out. are reinterpreted all the time dude like exactly yeah nothing i mean but but that's not and but that's not what that is let me be clear that's not they're not they didn't see that i'm like oh we can do that but yeah. in terms of like there's not there's nothing really original out there anymore but I was anyways say much, oh, my, go ahead. i was gonna say much like wrestling my friend things are hard, are very rarely brand new so yeah i agree um that's the news. That's all I got the news for uh, this week. I just want to get, like I said, your hot take on that Sasha situation because, um, you know, only they know what they're doing and what what it's for. I can, like I said, yeah. if that's what they're hearing, I can kind of agree to agree to a degree. But um, there's the only thing I feel like the, I, I I ring true with the unprofessionalism remark is the fact that there are people who pro- possibly, quite possibly, paid money 
for a ticket to go see him that night and they didn't get to see him. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, that, that's, that, that's the one thing I wouldn't condone, obviously. But. Yeah, and then, of course, when it's already advertised, yeah. by the time they get to the building, it's a six-pack challenge with these two. I, I Yeah, I agree on that. Part. I mean, those people could have bought T-shirts at the, you know what I mean? Like, man, I finally get to see, like, their mom never gets time off or whatever the hell the situation. There's so yeah. much things, you know yeah. what I mean? They're all about the boss and they're and, and the glow and they didn't get to get the glow or the boss that night. Yeah. And that's, and that's, a, that's funny. Cause that's all we really asked for. Really? Huh? Like, like said, card is subject to change, but you still put, you know, them in a bad uh, yeah, situation. I and I did hear that there have been light, I don't want to say threats, but that, you know, jargon thrown out that they might get them for breaching contract because i've been hearing that because low-key they've been another thing i've been hearing but it hasn't been confirmed is that they've been kind of like sharing the statement and trying to make it go as public as they can to kind of like make them look bad you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah i'm like sheesh like i mean i don't know i mean i I was talking to justin lopez shout out to uh, pro wrestling spotlight he was telling me about that yeah it seems like kind of like they're they're on some dirty shit i'm like i feel it but you know, I don't know. But it's like, why? So then, the, what are you gonna do when they play ball? Like, try to re, you gonna repackage damaged goods because you've gone on like a smear campaign on an unprofessionalism smear campaign. Like, it just yeah. seems so weird that they're coming out of pocket like that. It's just not something they would normally. It's kind do. of a waste of energy, huh? Like, yeah, but almost but, like to like cover their ass. So like, they yeah. almost expected a bunch of people to be pissed that they didn't get that match. You know, I don't know. So. I mean, I get one thing to like put out that statement so that they are not pissed at them. But then if there's other stuff they're doing, I'm like, I think that statement is enough. You know what yeah. I mean? Because you're, again, you're already like peeled back a lot. Very, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's all I got, man. Um, you ready for that 2.0? Oh, uh, you know it, Brody. Oh man. Oh. Uh, I actually used uh, this episode of NXT, and you know we don't do this a lot. Mm-hmm. it inspired the uh the title of this episode and you'll see why because for whatever reason all the writers must have been in the same room probably smoking a joint together and they they just didn't realize they all used the same turn of phrase in three different segments which i don't know what this was about but let's go uh, okay yeah um, I, I am curious about this episode because the review that i watch usually they have a new person doing the review and he gave it a four out of five. And the guy mm. who usually do it, he's been having mm. a hard time with it on a week to week basis. He's the one I think I told he's, you. He's that. being too nice. Cause okay. there, for like, there's some good progress stuff progression wise. I mean, okay. you know what I mean? You know, you have to realize that not everybody on the roster is at that level yet. And they still need to get little reps in. And, you know, they do a good job. They've been doing a good job of that. But there's also segments you're like, this did not need to happen. You know what gotcha. I mean? Like, why was this okay. even on the show? You know what I mean? Where that's why I'm like, nah, maybe I'd, I'd give it like a 3.8, 3.7, maybe. Okay. Okay. But if it, But if it was like no in-betweens and I had, I'm like, I'll give it a three. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Uh, but first matchup, we had Carmelo Hayes, Trick Williams taking on the tag team of Cameron Grimes and Solo Sequoia. Uh, Trick and Grimes start off until Trick and Melo get some double team in as Solo gets the tag. He cleans house and pays homage to his dad, Rikishi, and Uncle Umaga. Uh, and what I mean by that, uh, he had a uh, trick in the corner. And he did that whole, I don't know if you remember when, when Rikishi used to, like, hear the guy drop on the floor. And he's like, oh, oh it's time yeah. for the, he, so he, he's been doing that. And then he, he's been also, you know, doing the, the running hip splash 
uh, like yeah. you know, like, like his uncle uh, Eki is. It's like that that head spin thing he, yep. he does. Oh, I know you ain't in the drop zone, player. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but uh, Melo attacks Solo <laughs> from behind. Uh, the refs back. Uh, oh, my bad. He, he attacks Solo from behind. The refs back, giving Trick the opening to hit the. I gotta call it what it is. The McGilla Cutter swinging neck breaker. Uh, shout out to Trick for learning some new tricks. Oh, okay. uh, taking back the momentum for the team. Uh, before we go into picture in picture, Solo finally gets the hot tag uh, into Grimes, who hits the two for one Frankensteiner on both Mello and Trick. And then he hits a running PK on Trick on the outside before hitting a diving crossbody on Mello back in the ring. Grimes looking to set up the cave in, but Solo gets on top of the apron and tags himself in. You know, you know, that, that old thing. No, yep. I got this. It's like, Nick, you. You was in trouble before you tagged me in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, instead, we get a little bit of malfunction at the junction before Solo hits the running, or I'm sorry, the swinging Uranagi on Mello, which commentary called, here it comes, Flying Solo. On the- Oh, okay. I, I heard that. I heard someone say he hit the Flying Solo, and I was like, oh, that must be what he's calling the splash. So this is not the splash. This is the... You said it's a spinning Uranagi. I mean, it's weird because he called it when he hit him with the spinning Uranagi, but I definitely would call the splash that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the flying solo, that's, again, the reoccurring theme for some reason. Um, and then, yeah, that's the finish uh, comes when Solo hits the diving splash on Melo, and then Grimes simultaneously hits the cave-in on Trick for the win. Um, after this, we got a pretty deadly uh, backstage interview. I didn't write down what they said because it was just a what bunch What are they of- wearing, fam? <laughs> It's the same shit they wear, you know, like the mid-drift. I know. I, you know what I mean? With the, I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, pretty much, I mean, the only thing to take away from this little segment is that the attack title rematch uh, against the Creed Brothers is confirmed uh, for In Your House. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. After this, we get a first round women's breakout tournament match uh, between Last Legend and Tatum Paxley. Uh, but before the match uh, starts, we see another profile feature on uh, another new face in the tournament. Um, I think at least I think it's no way. Now that I think about it, this is just a, a profile on, on a new talent because they already had the brackets uh, oh, already broken right, yeah. down. Um, mm-hmm. her name is uh, Tia Hale, like T H E A Hale, like is hailing outside. Okay. Um, looks like she could potentially be their Anna J. To be honest, uh, young with a cute look. But okay. then I had to I had to step back because it says she still has one thing left to do first, and that's graduate high school. I heard about that. saying she okay. graduates next week and also says that she will be training at the PC while attending college. So that's interesting. I don't know if she's going to be going to like full sale or what, but I was like, all right. Uh, anyways, that they make a vignette for someone like that. That's probably not going to really debut for like another. Yeah, they were showing some of year, her, right? her training tape. Like she already has like a, a costume picked out. So oh, it wasn't wow. too bad. Uh, anyways, this is the first time we've seen Tatum Paxley at NXT. It's just the fact that, you know, they didn't really give the crowd or like the viewer a lot to root for against the, the heel last legend. Um, Cause it was weird. Like after numerous, like she's, she's last legends, former WNBA player. So she has height, but you know, mm-hmm. Tatum, you know, she's, she's still like a little bit short, but for whatever reason, she kept trying to do these numerous attempts of trying to pick her up in like an electric chair drop position. I don't know what she was trying for, but there's three different times in the match, even after Lash Legend like swings her leg, you know what I mean? Like the whole uh, I'm gonna swing your leg into the 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 ring post thing. Like she was like working yeah. on her leg, and I'm like, why would you logically try to pick her up again after you don't have you have a bum leg right now? You you can't even hold her up. You couldn't even hold her up when your leg was healthy before this. You know what I mean? It was weird. Mm-hmm. But um Lash Legend wins via the pump kick. We move on to the second round in the breakout tournament. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? I hate when stuff like that happens. It really messes up the mechanics of a match. And Lash is not too polished yet. So it's like, I don't know. That doesn't bode well for her overall. Yeah, Tatum looked a little bit more trained than her, but it's still like the psychology. I'm like, I'm like, dude, that don't make no sense. Exactly. The psychology, yeah. Um, anyways, we had a Tony D backstage interview, and I wouldn't even bring this up if there wasn't something to talk about. Um, him and his boys talk about how they want to uh, ask pretty much how they want to handle the Escobar problem as they reminisce about older acts of violence, as I called it. As Tony, he had, yeah, he's like, he's like, hey, should, should I do him Escobar like I did Beansy at the bakery? I'm like, who the fuck is Beansy? <laughs> and, and then Stacks, because you know, there's Stacks and two dimes. Stacks, who let me just say his accent is on point, he definitely is believable. Two dimes, he is not supposed to be in that role. He talks just like a straight. He's their Joaquin. white guy. Like he's, I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I mean, even Joaquin <laughs> finally grew on me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, which is funny. The funny, funny you, you bring him up. I'll bring that up later uh, when, when I need to. But yeah, you pretty you want, want, want to treat him like beans. He at the bakery, which stacks reminds Tony that he flew solo on that job. And I was like, wait, did he just say flew solo after we just hear him say flying solo? Right? That was weird. It was weird. Mm. I okay. thought that was enough, but I was like, that was kind of weird that they would have it twice within the same hour. And uh, yeah. what's it called? Uh, and he has to be sure he wants to do this tonight, you know, alone, because he, he's proposing he's going to go down to the ring and handle his uh, problems without stacks and two dimes with them. And then, mm -hmm. which Tony says, you know, my father was more worried about me that night than he was when the Warriors was playing for 13. And what would happen? No more problems at the bakery. And Steph and Clay covered it. I was like, yo, shut the fuck up, dude. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> like, like they covered they covered the spread. I'm like, yeah. the fuck mm -hmm. I just mm -hmm. thought it was funny how he's like, oh, Steph and Clay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Very well done. Uh we get this Duke Hudson backstage interview, or what was supposed to be one. Uh he says that no one at NXT can measure up to Duke Hudson as we hear a crash off to the side, and we see an NXT champion Braun Breaker interrupt this interview, just like completely walk through it. And just tell, like, he's like, tell him to play my music. And he's just like, Dude, coach is like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, dude, I feel you. That was kind of whack. Like, he's like, I, I was cool, around, bro. He's like, dude, I was around four people and two of them just got fired. I'm kind of like trying to get my shit, my bearings back in this yeah, bitch. Yeah, and then yeah. he, <laughs> I need this TV time, bro. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get my shit off. You know what I mean? Dad, let me get my shit off. Uh, uh, oh, Braun man. Breaker in ring interview. Uh, I, I condense this, man. He pretty much responds to Joe Gacy's offer from last week to join the movement. Uh, but tells Gacy he could kiss his ass <laughs> and mm. says he should have finished the job because now he's not coming to just beat him. This is just a weird way he said it. I'm not coming to just beat you. I'm coming to put you unconscious. I'm like, put you unconscious. Uh, okay. I was like, is that supposed to like put you in a coma? But you didn't that want to be, say that? that? That must be Steiner science. That must be Steiner <laughs> linguistics, I guess. I yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> Gacy, of course, interrupts appearing on the bird's nest area with both of his red hooded minions, as I call them. Uh, Gacy calls Braun predictable as he still can't handle his anger due to Gacy being in his head. Uh, Gacy brings up rough enough his, rough, roughing up his dad, disrespecting his family legacy, well, you know what, what he did to the Hall of Fame ring, and then also abducting Braun and leaving him for dead in the woods. But says that this will uh, end when he gives the people what they want, and that's Gacy versus Breaker one-on-one -on -one at In Your House, which I was like... We just had that. <laughs> I was like, does anyone want that? Yeah, uh, but, but Gacy ups the ante uh, by adding the caveat that if Breaker can't control his emotions and his anger gets the best of him and gets him DQ'd, he still loses the NXT championship. So that old trope, old chap. I heard about that. I imagine I just, at one point in the match, he'll spit on him or something or, you know. 
I'm just trying to figure out what this is for. Is this trying? Is this supposed to help build Gacy? Because I feel like he's still trying he's to not, figure he's out. He's not ready he for is. that spot. Yeah. Yeah, and and I just don't see him being yeah at all. The, being the, the they're kind of accelerating it, and it's not a good thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Are they trying to just find a good, interesting opponent for Braun while giving him the rub? Maybe I don't know. It, man, they could have got Von Wagner, bro. Yeah, that probably would have. And you would better. never hear me vote for him. But Ever. as a filler, yeah, yeah, as a, yeah, to help build the uh, title reign, yeah, and, and build the roster up instead of depending on 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 Raw guys or SmackDown guys coming in all the time. You know what I mean? He just mm-hmm. defended against Dolph, so it's like Ciampa's gone. Yeah, you need you need to build up your guys. You know what I mean? So yeah, um, it's clear it's clear for new opponents for sure. Yeah, yeah, you know they don't have to depend on already established guys. I don't know. Uh, we did get an Indy Hartwell backstage inter- interview uh, from here. She talks about the roller coaster she's been on, but says for the first time in her, in her career, she's flying solo. No tag team partner, no life partner, and it's sink or swim. She calls her shot and says she's going to challenge the NXT Women's Champion Mandy Rose. Says she claims to be the measuring stick in NXT, but says, let's see how I measure up after I take that stick and shove it straight up your ass. And I was like, good for you, Indy. Great no for you. Heart. No arse ass. No, it was no arse. Yeah, but yeah, I, I was like, yo, what is with the flying solo? So that was three in a row. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that was- is very weird. That sounds crazy that no one caught that. A, B, um, I do like this because I think Indy can go in the ring. She's just been distracted yeah. with other uh, character work, I guess, is what we'll call it. The entertainment portion of the of the program, For- right? Yeah. On track. Um, we did get a Wesley backstage interview. Uh, Wes is just staring off the camera, looking irritated as fuck as McKenzie brings up that his scheduled opponent, Zion Quinn, is once again not medically cleared for their match. Uh, Wes claims Zion is ducking him and says that when he's cleared, whether it's next week, next month, or the year 2030, he knows where to find him. I'm like, well, hold on, dude. Yeah. I don't know if uh, you're that valuable to NXT. Calm down. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, but, um... Wes starts walking off camera, but then Nathan Frazier, a.k.a. Ben Carter, uh, walks in the frame and calls him back and basically says, yeah, man, if you're looking for a fight tonight, I'm looking for some action, too. Like, you know, I, I'll, I'll oblige you to which, you know, like Wes is warning him, like, I don't want to take my anger out on, you know, my anger for Zion out on you. And he's like, no, that's cool. I look forward to the challenge. So, you know, they, they had a, they had a uh, you know, the video game match, as you can imagine. Okay, um, yeah. but, but we'll get to that later. Um. Mm-hmm. We had Creed Brothers versus the Viking Raiders. If you remember, they they uh, challenged them to run it back because they didn't want uh, Roddy to be the reason why they beat him yeah. uh, or, or took away their undefeated streak. Uh, both teams go tit for tat, brawling and showcasing their tag team offense uh, before Brutus hits that diving cannonball early on the outside on the Viking Raiders. Uh, Julius then gut wrenches Brutus onto Eric for a near fall. Uh, mm. Ivar tags in, takes out Julius before Brutus tags back in and picks up Ivar in a Samoan drop position. As Julius runs and hits it like a running knee and with the momentum, like swinging Ivar around and allowing Brutus to hit like a, a spine buster. Like oh, they always wow. have like these like new tag moves they always be doing. Yeah, I um, always like. Yeah, yeah. They always like they'll do a few repeats, but then they'll put something new in there. Mm. Um, Eric tags back in and assists Ivar to hit an avalanche uh, and assisted because he had to like he 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 pretty much carried him up like he was going to hit the uh, the the real Viking. uh experience whatever the fuck yeah. you know, the the leg drop backdrop but he yeah. ends up like carrying him like a backdrop and giving him to uh ivar who's sitting on the top rope and he hits an avalanche roll strongest slam for only a two count i'm I like that should have been it yeah because it was dope it was nice i was like that should always be your move 
if you have, you know what I mean? If you're going to go for it like that in a singles, you should always win with that. Yeah. Bro. Um, Ivar then tries for a diving splash, but Julius is able to evade and roll up Ivar before Eric breaks up the pin in the nick of time. Both teams stand up now and do the whole, we're tired, we're exhausted, but we're still standing bit as they brawl. But then uh, we see Damon Kemp and Roddy hit the ring as, as Kemp distracts the ref. We see Roddy try to hit a running knee, but Julius catches him in midair and like kind of drops him out the ring, like telling him, Roddy, we don't need you to win. You know what I mean? I was like, mm-hmm. yo, you put hands on the God? <laughs> I was like, uh, only for Julius to walk right into the spinning roundhouse kick from Ivar as the Viking Raiders hit that that double power bomb. Uh, I was telling you that they've been using. It's like a, almost like a carriage power bomb. I don't know how to really, you know what I mean? Kind of like the Harris Brothers joint uh, yeah, yeah. for the win. Uh, post-match, we see Diamond Mine arguing amongst themselves pretty much. Um, okay. From here, we get an LDF backstage interview, um, you know, much like we had Tony D and the Goombas. Uh, nothing out of the ordinary is we just get Escobar, you know, agreeing to come out uh, to the ring alone without LDF for the main event, uh, pretty much. From here, we got Braun Breaker. Uh, you know, he, they always have that parking lot interview for Braun Breaker because he gets to leave the building early. <laughs> uh, Braun is seen leaving the building as the cameraman catches up with him, asking him if he thinks agreeing to the stipulation of, of you know, the, the DQ and all that was a good thing or if Gacy has his number. Breaker starts to respond before he's interrupted by Duke Hudson. Hudson asks, it doesn't feel good when you're interrupted, does it? Uh, and, you know, tells Breaker that, uh, look, if you disrespect me again, you, you may not make it to in your house. Breaker says Hudson thinks he's always oh, big and bad. And then he's like, yeah, 6'5". <laughs> I was like, yeah. love it. Uh, Breaker offers to go back in the building so that the two of them can settle in the ring, to which Hudson responds, yeah, that sounds good. But next week sounds better. And walks off screen. I was like, that was, that was so smooth. I was, yeah. like, I was like, let's get back to this Duke Hudson shit. Because before, yeah. we, yeah, we, we was on him, but... Yeah, that was, yeah, but on my time. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Smart, like 6'5", but smart. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. We got Andre Chase uh, versus Grayson Wall. Uh, we see Sarai in the crowd as a special guest, Chase University flag bearer. Uh, mm-hmm. Waller attacks Chase as soon as the match starts, and at one point uh, tries for a hip toss, but uh, Chase counters into a swinging neck breaker. Uh, Chase starts lighting up Waller with some European uppercuts before Waller takes over the match with a cheap shot. Chase finally fights his way back with a Russian leg sweep and hits, of course, the Chase U, what I call the March call and response uh, stops. Uh, yeah. Comes, though, when Chase uh, back body drops Waller over the apron, uh, fly, he ends up flying on a Bodie Hayward on the outside. Chase sees it. He goes outside to check on Hayward, and then, you know, he falls victim and obviously to the tumbling stunner after, you know, he finally gets back in the ring and, like, walks right into it, so... Your winner, Grayson Waller. Waller. Let me ask you, is Saray only part of that group because she's a school girl, quote unquote, and that's a school? You know, like, I didn't think about that. They um what they the reason why they went that way is because if you remember a couple of weeks ago, Andre Chase was uh no, no, that's what it was. It was uh Grayson Waller getting interviewed about Sanga, and he's like, I ain't worried about him, and then you know, uh that's when Chase you came up to him and like, I think we got to learn, uh, you know, a, 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 what's it called? A teaching moment or a teachable moment. And then yeah. he was just talking. He's like, Dr. Seuss ain't shit. You know what I mean? And so he was like already beefing with them. But then on the flip side, Sarai was beefing with Tiffany Stratton already. And then for whatever reason, Stratton and uh, Grace and Waller just kind of finally like hooked up. And now they're just kind of both do, you know, dealing with their, you know what I mean? Their, their hanger ons, I guess if you want to call it. So I guess that's kind of, I mean, it makes sense when you bring up the schoolboy or the schoolgirl thing. Um, yeah. Just wondering when you said, oh, she's out there again flying the flag. It's like, oh, okay, they're, they're keeping this, like, kind of... Well, they, they said she was a special guest, you know, so maybe it's just, you know, honorary. 
You know what I mean? She's, She's like, a- I still fuck with my dudes. I was like, <laughs> uh, let me see. Roxanne Perez taking on Kiana James in another uh, first round uh, matchup for the women's breakout tournament. Finish comes when Roxanne hits the code red out of the corner. Really out of nowhere, to be honest, kind of crowd was like up and down with this. So like, so even Vic was like, oh, he sh- hit her with the pop rocks. I'm like, is that what it's called? <laughs> I, like, I, I thought I, a bad name though. Yeah, I was like, I mean, it's, it's, I'm like, I would hate if I'd have to call it that or, or if I had to call it a comment. I'm like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I um, pop rocks. So here's another one of the, here's one of those segments we were talking about that did not need to be on here. Team BBC, Malik Blade and Idris Sanofi. Uh, they're dressed up. One's they got Malik Blade with a fake ponytail on and like a suit, acting like he's uh Santos. And then you got Anofe with like a, a, a no shirt on, but he got like the sports jacket on and he has like a derby hat cocked and he's trying to act like he's Italian, like he's Tony. And they're doing this whole thing where they're just mocking them where he's like, as far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. And he's like, oh, mama me, I gotta call my familia. And it's just like, what the fuck are we doing? And then, of course, Stacks and Two Dimes, you know, they 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 walk in and they're like, oh, okay, you guys, you guys like playing make believe? How about you guys face the real thing? And then, you know, they, they were like, how about next week? And then they leave. And then you got Malik who who just, I was like, you writers suck. He had to. He's like, yeah. See you next week, Mama Luke. Ha ha. Oh my gosh, <laughs> what's going on? Yep. Mm. That's going on. <laughs> so I don't know how I don't know how maybe that maybe that's what brings it to a full. But uh, I got another segment that's dumb too. But uh, we'll get into this. Uh, last two uh, matches in one segment. Nathan shown uh, Nathan Fraser shown walking to the ring. You know they always show like they're in the back, like making their way to the ring before yeah. the match starts. As uh, he's just walking, and then you know we see him kind of nod at uh, Sophia Cromwell, who you know it seemed like more well, he was like out of respect because he was just kind of zoned in, and then mm. there was like nobody around him. Then he just. She, she just happens to be right there as he's passing by her. He just like, not even no extra. She just kind of nods at her just because I'm thinking like, that's just like that English manners. You know what I mean? Like he's like, yeah, there's, yeah. there's a lady, there's a lady in your presence. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, you know, and he doesn't even stop or say nothing. Or he just keeps continues walking. But um, yeah, uh, you know, that's just, random. Yeah. Well, well, this not, you'll see why. Match starts with some uh, honest trading of holds before it evolves into that, obviously, the, the, the high-speed fueled contest we knew it was going to turn into, uh, which, of course, ends in a stalemate. Uh, Wes actually showed a little bit of signs of aggression as uh, there's a point where um, Frazier runs at him. He back by drops him on the apron. You think he's going to go for like a, like a rope grip Enzu or like he's just going to smack him off the apron. But he actually grabs the top rope and pulls it back so it like recoils and smacks him in the face. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was like, that's kind of like a, almost like a heel tactic, but I don't mm-hmm. know. The crowd didn't really boo, but it, I noticed he was making these uh, these facial expressions like he's like, ain't no more MSK, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's M West K. <laughs> I ain't smoking anyway, no more. <laughs> I ain't smoking no less either. <laughs> uh, huge deadlift German on Frazier for a near fall. Uh, Frazier takes over with a super kick and tries for the Phoenix Splash, but West evades and Frazier sees it. Uh, quote unquote, you know, to roll through. Then both men thinking the same as they do a, a running cross body and they, they kind of take each other out before Vaughn Wagner interrupts the match and takes out both men with a huge boot before gorilla pressing Wes from the ring to the outside, sending him to land on top of the announced table, not through the table, 
This dude bounced off the announce table. It's Vic wow. Joseph. Vic Joseph made notice that uh, Sophia Cromwell was at the top, like near the uh, bird's nest, pointing at him. I mean, I, I mean, and so again, anytime like any wrestler like crosses her path, this little Ron Wagner just goes crazy, bro. I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. I don't know if he's like an instrument of Robert Stone because he's trying to get at her. Yeah. Or if I don't know what it is. You know what I mean? That's but, just crazy. Like, it sounds like he's that overbearing dude at the bar that if you see someone talking to his girl just drives me crazy yeah Yeah, but you know what's even crazier is uh how ikman juro just got thrown into some crowd members and he was injured for like weeks but then you know the next scene right after picture you know the commercial break we see wesley and frazier walking out of the 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 trainers off i'm like bruh you landed on a table you didn't even land on a person yeah what, what do we do you know what i mean so there's this segment this is another segment i would have took out because they're in the back and you know sometimes they have like that there's that one scene. Remember that scene I sent you where uh, her name's uh, uh, Alba Fire now, but remember she was she uh, had attacked Mandy Rose and she poured like the spaghetti on yeah, her and shit. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it was that room, right? Because Sangha was there in a suit just chilling. And, um, mm. you know, they were just like talking him and him and Frazier and uh, Nathan and, and Wes were talking. And then Sangha had told him like, and he, he basically was like, man, that was a good match, man. It's unfortunate that it didn't, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, it's unfortunate it didn't, uh it couldn't finish but i mean you know men of your size against the guys like van wagner you know that's not a good idea and then west was taking it personally like what are you taking a shot at this dog and then like frazier's like no nah, no nah, i mean I, I he's like i mean to be fair mate anyone he said anyone in the ring with von wagner is is our size and he's like anyone next to him is our size you know what i mean so mm-hmm. and then he's like nah man he's like oh okay you're gonna let him talk about you and try to play devil's advocate nah dog he talking about us you ain't finna say nothing and Frazier's like, look, man, you can do whatever you want. I'm I'm out. Because <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah. do you see the size of this man? Like, after what we just got hit with? Yeah. Like, no, nah, I'm straight. Mm-hmm. And then saying this, like. it's also like, bro, that is that the table talking? Like, why, why are bruh. you, right? Well, so, like, he he's talking. And then, like, you know, and then he, he, Sanger's, like, confused. He's like, what's going on? You know, he's like, dude, like, me and you, let's go. Like, you know, he's basically challenging him. He's like, well, he's like, what? Like, wait, like, I didn't mean to. He says. I didn't mean no offense, brother. You know what I mean? Like he said, I, as we said, I don't mean no offense, my brother, <laughs> which I was like, that's funny. Cause that, that's, it's just a kind of, a, it doesn't, it didn't sound forced. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, I'm in no trouble, my brother. You know, it was like, I mean, if you're looking for, uh, it's like, well, he asked him, what do you want? And he's like, I want to show people you don't have to be 10 feet tall to be successful around here. And he's like, ah, you want a match? He's like, I don't want to, he's like, if that's what you want, we can go that way. That's not what I wanted to do, but you're on basically. And I'm like, this is a dumb segment. You know what I mean? I'm like, mm-hmm. Are we using this to, to try to prove Wesley's heart now that he's solo, flying solo? Oh, and then they give Sanga some some um, something to do. I, guess. I mean, don't, it's interesting in exchange, but I think because you're summarizing it, I didn't hot take. It. I take Sanga over Satnam Singh. Hot take. Okay, just saying. Yeah, uh, mm. he, he has a more well uh, natural uh, speech to charisma. Him. Yeah, I don't want to say charisma because he's not like The Rock. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. but in in this segment, he did better than I thought. You know what I mean? It yeah, came it, off real okay. natural more than someone wrote this for him, you know. So uh next week matchups, we have Braun Breaker taking on Duke Hudson and Mandy Rose versus Indy Hartwell. I don't know if they confirmed dime or two dimes and stacks versus uh BBC, but if not, maybe it'll be on level up. Who knows? Mm. Uh, well, they said next week, so I guess we'll see. Uh main event. Santos Escobar versus Tony D'Angelo. Now, look, we've seen these guys wrestle before, so I kind of let the, the match play out a bit until I, I, I got right into like the more 
crucial parts of the match. So this is where I, I got into it. Uh, Escobar hits the course, the suicide headbutt on Tony D on the outside and noticeably throws him shoulder first into the still steps before throwing him back in the ring. Uh, Santos then hits a tope uh, atomico uh, across the, the arms, you know, technically and starts to target the arm uh, with some wicked drop kicks and some submissions. Wicked uh, drop. Wicked smoke drop kicks. It was right at the pock. <laughs> uh, Tony starts to fight back with a, a pair of clotheslines and hits a uh, back-to-back side belly to bellies before hitting another, but instead he wraps his arms around Santos almost like a bear hug, leaving him unable to move his arms. And uh, he's still groggy from the other two, and then he plants like a, a kiss on his cheek that they call the kiss of death. Uh, before mm. and then he hits another, you know, another uh, belly to belly out of it. Uh, Tony tries to suplex Santos. This is a hard time trying to describe this, but it, bear with me. So you know the inside, you know, trying to suplex somebody back inside the ring when they're on the apron. Uh-huh. So Tony was was doing that, but he had the like he was next to the to the the turnbuckle, like the corner, right? He was close to it. So he tried to suplex Santos over the ropes, but Santos he kicks his legs while in the air you know, given the illusion that he's forcing him to drop his, you know, the, the, the momentum gets, you know, too much uh, of Tony where he has to drop him on the other side. So okay. like they started on this side, he carries him over to the other side. It, it was kind of impressive. And then uh, pretty much before he, he, you know, he's able to kind of fight back and he uh, sets uh, Tony D up for a top rope avalanche, super hurricane Rana, like both of them on the top rope. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, with both men taking the worst of it, you know, they both just kind of wiped out and were like slowly, like, you know, trying to figure out who's going to be the first to get to their, their feet. And this is where the finish comes in. Cause we see Tony D crawl to the corner where there's still steps are and tries to go for Mr. Crowbar like he usually does, but cannot find it. When we see Cruz and Joaquin wild, which Vic says, and here comes wild and Mendoza. I was like, Oh, I'm like, see, that's the problem. You can't change their name after they've been established, bro. Like, yeah, for real. It, like, we're gonna call him Cruz Mendoza. <laughs> like, it's, yes. it's Cruz on, Del Toro, fifty-five bucks a plate. <laughs> yeah, you know, plate. Yep. Uh, Joaquin Wild. You know, they walk down to the ring, actually holding the crowbar. You know, like, oh, you looking for this? You know, kind of thing, which I, I enjoyed. During all of this, Santos had uh, actually crawled his way to the other corner and grab some brass knuckles from under the ring mat that he had like, he had like, uh, like not underneath the, the, the apron, like underneath the ring, but like, you know, when you peel back, there's like the, the mat for the ring. So he yeah. hit it underneath there. And I was like, Oh, that was smart. And so he grabbed him. And at this point, the Goombas came down, you know, as both teams brawl on the ramp, distracting the ref, giving Santos the perfect opening to use the brass knucks on Tony D for the win. And that was it. Okay. Well, there was a, another, pre-taped interview that they decide to do with uh what's his name gacy where it was him and his two hooded minions again except he's like outside the pc it was it was like a whatever freaking promo where he's like i'm gonna get the championship and then i get control of the company and the world and he's just laughing maniacally as like this drone is just zooming all the way out i heard about like it was just this whole i'm like this was not so again that that the 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 Tony D and Escobar cosplay, and I forgot the other like there was just stuff that oh and, and the Wesley Sanga joint I I definitely yeah. would have took that out but yeah that was pretty much two man all right yeah <laughs> usual I mean like you said sounds like some things were advanced or at least interesting enough or intriguing enough because I tell you what I am intrigued by Duke versus Braun in terms yeah. of uh, 
guys of size and that could work very well, you know. And, so. and, and it got me, you know, it supports what we were saying before as far as, like, trying to look for somebody. I mean, not, nothing against Joe Gacy, but, again, I don't think he's there yet. I don't, I would I would have picked Duke over him. And yeah. I mean, and so – but uh, yeah, it's good to see them utilizing their their own homegrown talent for once, and you know, going that way with it. But yeah, like I said, some stuff I just couldn't I could deal without. Um, it wasn't too much toxic attraction on this one. They had a segment, but it wasn't worth bringing up. Um, there was another segment with like Diamond Mine where he got approached by uh, Roddy got approached by Pretty Deadly, where they challenged him and Damon Kemp next week. But again, it was just a whole bunch of you know. I could like as much as quick as I told you that it happened. That that was it. You know what I mean? So got you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was pretty much it, man. Um, yeah. I think uh, we're gonna take a quick little break. Yes, sir. Get a little ad space in, and then we're gonna be right back with uh, the dynamite cover. What is going on? Quincy Jones Go here, and I'm here to tell y'all details on the brand new drop that just came out yesterday from Storyline Tees. I'm telling y'all, man, this is the one. They, they the ones. <laughs> they the ones. Every single time at the park, they never miss. This time, no different. This time, we got an AEW design for those that are fans of the Blackpool Combat Club. Yuta, Moxley, Danielson, and of course, the Lordship himself, Regal. All up on that thing, forged in combat, available in three different colors, white, heather gray, and black for all y'all needs. So don't be a snotty little toe rag. Pull out that good money and get you one right now before they are all gone. Quincy Jones said so. And make sure you follow at Storyline Tees underscore LLC. Go. Welcome to the Quincy Jones Show. You are now in the mix with the two-man tower trip, Quincy Jones and Doc Lesnar. Is he the third man? He's the third man. What the hell is going on here? Yer. Yer, Yeah, we back. We back. Anyway, you guys know what time it is. It's time to light the fuse as I bring the boom or the zoom. Uh, and we, are we bringing that back? We started off with it. Maybe. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying we'll, to get the green light. We'll, we'll see how it goes, and we'll go from there. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Does, we'll see. We'll see how the crowd reacts. It does not fit the format at this point. We'll see. Uh, now we uh, start off with a uh, Owen Hart Foundation quarterfinal match. Samoa Joe kicking it off uh, to face the Joker, which is revealed as John Hennigan, aka Johnny Elite, um, as he makes his AEW debut. What did you think about this? I mean. Was there a pop? I'll say this. Was there a pop? Certainly. But I know everyone, including myself, thought when they saw Johnny Elite on that screen that it was Johnny Gargano. We didn't think it was, I didn't think it was John Hennigan coming down that ramp. What did you think? I didn't even think about that. I, I you know what? I did not think about that. Um, that's an interesting take on it for sure. But I was disappointed, to be honest. Um, I have nothing against John Hennigan, John Morrison, John Elite. Boone the hunt the bounty. I ain't got nothing against him. <laughs> I don't. Back. I don't. I mean, in fact, we we were we were pitching ways to better use him while he was still in WWE. Oh yeah, uh, a lot of times on the Flow Show too. For me personally, it just didn't live up to the hype. And I don't know if it was hype because that's the thing. I, you know, we were still thinking that it could be possibly be Miro. Yeah. But then when I heard that there were quote fun signings, I'm like, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? Hmm. a fun signing you know what i mean i didn't even hear about that yeah he had quote that, that that was the quote that they got from him saying like you know looking forward to the jokers like 
oh, these are people that are going to be with the company. They're not already with the company, but they're fun signings. I'm like, huh? Yeah, I didn't know that. I guess I thought I was right there with you. I'm thinking a Miro, maybe an Archer, or I, I don't know. I mean, I was thinking. I mean, uh, I even maybe, put out Cesaro too at one point. But yeah, yeah, a lot of people thought Gargano too. We were just on that wrestling podcast earlier this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Marchuka, shouts to him. Check out that podcast when you guys can. And we were talking about yeah, the prospect of Candice and Johnny being revealed as Jokers, and we'll get to the second Joker of the night later on. But uh, yeah, I, I wasn't I mad at it not... though because when you think about it, Hennigan is okay to take an L. Yes, yeah, for in his sure. debut, given the circumstances of it being a tournament match and who who it's against. So if it was any of those other people, it probably would have been an issue, right? I agree. I mean, yeah. I, I guess maybe I thought even the prospect of a new Japan talent with Ishii mm, being mm. Adam Cole's, you know, uh what was it? The, his you know his what? Uh, qualifying. You match, know, yeah, so. because they were talking about his time in Japan being influential too, as far as Owen and stuff yeah. like that too. So yeah, that would have been kind of cool. But yeah, especially versus Joe. You oh know? no, that's but, the other one we thought we could have. We thought it could have been DH, uh DH Smith. Remember? Yeah, that's yeah. I did hear about that. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I digress. Uh, we do see Johnny hit this. I guess uh, I call it a cartwheel lariat that uh, sends Joan to the yeah. ropes, and then follows up with this, you know, parkour style. I'm gonna call it a corkscrew cannonball plancha. Yeah. I guess to Joe on the floor. It's like a 900. Uh, like it's like some Tony Hawk shit for real. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it was. That's exactly what it was. Uh, Joe turns Johnny inside out with a shoulder block and then hits the atomic drop senton combo. Uh, we see Johnny hit a back-flipping Samoan drop uh, and an ugly-looking 450 for two uh, for a two-count. I was going to say that. Back, isn't that uh, Flip Gordon's move, that back-flipping uh, Samoan uh, yeah, drop? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so uh, Johnny hits the basement-running knee smash before. I mean, I call it a PK. They always say it's the knee, you know, but. Before yeah. uh, Joe counters the Starship Pain and then uh, ultimately hits the Muscle Buster for the win. It was a nice Post one, too. Match, yeah, very nice one. Uh, post-match, Joe's quickly attacked from behind by Lethal and Sanjay, and I do mean quickly. Uh, we got Sanjay wielding a lead pipe. Satnam joins them in uh, in the ring and holds Joe from behind while Sanjay actually smashes Joe's left shoulder with the lead pipe. Uh, I did like the, the um, uh, you know, because the best friends show up uh, and, you know, Chuck... Trent and Rocky Romero to kind of uh, make the save and chase off uh, the heels with steel chairs. But there is this call that I think Giovanni uh, said, I'm not sure if they're still outnumbered uh, or, or I'm not sure if they're not still outnumbered because of the size of satin. Yeah. So that, was a, that was a good call. I, so. there, there was two things I, uh, I was going to say real quick with this segment. Um, it was, I didn't know what the relation is with the best friends and yeah, Samoa Joe weird. for, for that to be, you know, something that happened. Um, but the other thing too is like if they have a lead pipe, why do you need a giant with you? If, yeah, well, no, the, use the, the giant. Use use the giant that you have at your disposal. Make him be the one yeah. to injure his arm. I'm not against him injuring his arm because it tells a story. I'm obviously thinking he's not going to go all the way because he's his next opponent is is Kyle O'Reilly who specializes in arm yeah. arm bars. Yeah. So I'm like not, not to jump ahead, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know what I mean? Advance. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're and right. You're right. I, I forgot. Yeah, and that, I'll be honest. When I saw that that uh that happened post match. I instantly thought Kyle was going to win because yeah. I was like, okay, well that's yeah. going to be used to, you know, but it's now. We'll, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, I agree with that. And the only thing I could think of is Trent recently uh, went against Joe on a rampage for the TV title or the ROH TV title. So maybe it's just mutual warwarrior uh, respect. I don't know, but I, we I felt like it anything. was just, 
I feel like it was an opportunity to get the visual of Rapungi Vice up on there before they hit their uh their yeah promo later. Yeah, that's right. I should probably just jump into that now. Yeah, because they uh they have a backstage segment. Trent says it's been a weird past few months, but Rapungi Vice is officially back together full time in AEW. Uh, Romero vows that they're going to win the ROH tag titles, the IWGP heavyweight tag titles, and the AEW tag titles. And then they officially issue a tag uh, title challenge to FTR, saying all they have to do is accept. And Trent says, I know Brett would, you know, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah. Good good way to try to lure the, them in. He said he would. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Uh, I'll get to that. We have a backstage seg with the Hardys, but I'll get to that before the main event. Uh, we got Kanuski uh, Takashita. Uh, versus Hangman Page. It, it, I thought it was Takashita too, but it's K- Kashit. It's weird. Like it's not yeah, pronounced Tosh- the way we. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, Kanoski. Kanoski. <laughs> yeah, Kanoski. Yeah, yeah. Kanoski is kind of the part I do got. Oh, uh, Takeshka. That's a yeah, Takeshka. Yeah. Uh, we see CM Punk joining uh, commentary before the match. Page hits an early fallaway slam and a springboard mm-hmm. lariat before exchanging slingshot planches with Kanoski. Uh, Page hits a release back suplex on the apron. Follows with the Ari Hara moonsault. Uh, we see a stiff big boot from Paige and a Death Valley driver for two. Uh, Kanuske hits the uh, Blue Thunder, uh, um, I should say, Blue Thunder bomb, and then the Tope Cone Hilo to uh, Paige on the floor. We see them exchange Haluva kicks, release German suplexes, and stiff lariats that lead to a, a near double knockout. Uh, and then Paige hits a Tombstone pile driver. Uh, that uh, but Kanosuke responds with a last ride for a very near fall. Oh, you, oh, you uh, mean in, 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 inverted dead rights? Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Kanosuke <laughs> hits a solid German suplex but releases the pin due to his neck, uh, potentially being injured. Maybe he got a stinger from the tombstone, not too sure. It looked like maybe when he uh hit the, the German suplex, he might have slammed too hard on the arch, in my opinion. But uh, Paige hits the buckshot lariat and then picks up Kanosuke for the. GTS for the win. It was a good uh, one. It wasn't a yeah, bad one. It was one. a yeah. good one. And I did love how Punk was throwing shots at uh, Kenta at the same time while being. Oh, absolutely. You know, some guys get mad about stuff like that, but me, I, I think it's a serious form of flattery. And yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, I loved how he brought up uh, Generico during the con. He was he was great on commentary for this whole yeah. thing. Like he was playing up what he needed to play up. That what do you say the 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 Punk? Uh, what do he, he kept calling it? Yeah, the, the uh, Punk shot. Punk yeah, the shot Punk shot. It. Yeah, and he kept yeah. trying to correct like Tony on it, but. Yeah, yeah this wasn't was bad. Great. This wasn't bad but, at all. But to add add to that too, I noticed he also said with the GTS, he said or GTS, the move popular popularized by me, the best in the world. Yeah, yeah, he was he was being super heel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I loved it. But, I love it. Yeah, these two have a stare down on the ramp and uh, kind of fight over crowd reaction until the champion ultimately exits. That's after the match. Uh, there's a vignette: House of Black, Dark Order, and Fuego del Sol. The only reason I took this down because I liked the, some of the promo. Um, Fuego says, I don't twirl my finger because I'm crazy or uh, because of a tornado or because I, I, I spin is like, because I do because I'm crazy and I was made to walk through fire. Dark Order says, we have your number and the odds in our, are, are in our favor. And I think they look like 10 to one, which I like because of uh, 10 and 10 Uno. And Uno, yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was uh, not my, but <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't have worked. If it's between Stu and one. No, it doesn't work. Yeah. Stu. <laughs> it, it just sucks because this started because I saw that Dark Order took on House of Black on Dark or maybe Dark Elevation, whichever one comes first this week. So that's kind of why they're involved. But that's the only thing I hate is when something on Dark happens and then there's like a vignette about it. They, they had Dynamite. another they had another multi-man match with them like on a rampage, I think a couple of weeks ago too, though. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, speaking of tag matches, we got Swerve and Keith Lee taking on the Workhorsemen, Anthony Henry and JD Drake. Uh, this is a pretty much a squash match. We see Grizzly Magnum immediately. Swerve hits that diving Euro uppercut to the back of Henry's neck. Uh, the rolling jumping flatliner from Swerve to Henry, and then Lee hits the slingshot crossbody to Drake. Lee pounces Henry, then pops him up in a powerbomb position to hit what they're calling the big smush for the win, which is the... Well, they, uh, they, they, well, okay, so that's what he wrote, but then I saw after last night, because they hit it at, a, at, a, at an indie event or something, but then well, I they saw... You, they've used that, that move before. Oh, like, cause like they tagged on the Indies like a while ago before the NXT days. Okay, maybe so that's maybe what, that's what that was from because I noticed that when when he took a picture of it, he called it "Fall from Glory." Oh, okay. I did. I thought I heard somebody say something "Glory" on the commentary. So "Fall from Glory." Yeah, that's that uh, double stomp. Uh, what set, he out, calls it? set out power bomb. Yeah. What does he call that though? The uh, spirit bomb. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, post-match, we see Lee cut a promo to the hometown crowd. He says they just became uh, the top one of the top five ranked tag teams. Team Taz interrupts, which starts calling Lee uh, Rex from Toy Story. He calls them both jabronis. Did not think that was the right thing to say because he already gets the rock comparisons. But, you know, uh, he states that they deserve a title shot before they do. Swerve calls Starks a bar of soap with a pearl necklace on, uh, then gets interrupted by uh, instant Jurassic, as we call him. Cage tells Starks to shut up and buries the FTW title, basically, because he says, oh, you've been holding on to that for so long, you decided you wanted a real one, which I, yeah, it was yeah. a great, great burn, but sucked for, you know, the wire, you know, but your mans was just fighting for it last week, though. You know what I mean? And you didn't talk to him out of, you didn't talk him out of it. Yeah. Exactly. So he ultimately challenges both teams to a three-way uh, title match to double or nothing, and then pitches a three-way between uh, Jungle Boy uh, Starks and Swerve for next week, which I'm actually excited to see if that gets confirmed. Well, I mean, if they do that, then there's I don't see them not doing the other version of the triple threat, which that excites me too. Luchasaurus, yeah. Keith Lee, and Hobbs. I'm like, yeah, oh, ah, oh, that's ah. nice. You know nice. what I mean? Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. we'll see. We'll, see. I mean, I don't, I ain't got nothing bad to say about Luchasaurus. I just know that he, I think he's okay doing what he's doing with the tag stuff. I mean, a guy his size could do more, but yep. I don't think, you know, with his character that there's, you know what I mean? Like he's got limited trajectory. Yeah. I think bit. that's, that's kind of what it is. Unless, you know what I mean? Unless like, he, unless he evolves in some way. For sure. Hey, tell Brian Cage to stop being salty, by the way. Yeah. I, I, I got, you know, me, me and him got heat. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I don't know if you saw that, that shit, uh, that post I sent you where he was like, oh, it's interesting. Cause we just used this move just two days ago. Like on, on, in regards yeah, to what move? To the to the fall fall from glory. Oh geez, who was he yeah. tagging with? He was. It was him. It was Brian Cage and, and Swerve at at some event where I guess a couple of days ago they they used the same move, and so he was like sour about it because they use it on TV. He's like, yeah, great match, but I mean it's hard because it's like I, caught, I thought this looked familiar, and I'm like, yeah, it's like maybe like two days exactly ago when uh, I'll so, be yeah, like, I wonder. Who I hate to play. He said, he said, I hate to play. I hate to play. Who did it better? But I'm like, ah, oh, come on. Oh, dude. All right. Well, we get a backstage segment. Red Velvet, Chris Statlander, uh, the former yeah. friends, as they were saying. Velvet clarifies their days of uh, being friends are over. Things are different now. She wants to win the whole damn thing. She, you know, bringing that back from last year. She encourages Chris to bring everything she's got because she plans to beat her the baddie way. Chris says they both changed, but uh, she wasn't originally in the tournament, so she plans. Hello? to being friends until she needs go, go, a real go, leader. Go back, go back. You, you cut out. Like you said, you were saying something that just went totally silent. 
Okay. Chris says they both changed, but wasn't originally in the tournament. So she plans on taking this opportunity to go straight to the top and then gets interrupted by Jade, uh, who says, you know, it's funny how Velvet fooled them, fooled everyone into thinking they were friends until she needed a real leader. Then tells Tony to cut the shit before she exits. Um, I like this because I hope it's a pivot to Chris versus um, Jade for the title, which I've ran on my universe a couple times. Um, you know, they're she, both. I mean, she yeah, she's complimentary in size. So yeah, both of them are. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I think that'd be a good match. It'd be a pretty good. Yeah, yeah. We get one to one of the big uh, uh, ticket items on the night. Ten last segment. Wardlow MJF. This is great. And, Yep, of course, he insults the hometown crowd. Uh, he explains yeah. if uh, Wardlow places a hand on him or tries to retaliate at any point during the segment, he will forfeit the double or nothing match and not, never sign an AEW contract. We see Wardlow enter from outside of the arena, flanked by security, handcuffed per usual, makes his way to the ring. Uh, MGF lands his first lash. Wardlow laughs uh, before no-selling the second lash, uh, much to his frustration. He then struggles to shed his uh, dress shirt, then gets more aggressive. Did you, hear, did you hear Excalibur? MGF defeated by his dress shirt. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> I had to throw that in there. Uh, he oh, he gets more aggressive, lands five more lashes, and uh, gets restrained by Spears uh, while yelling he hates Wardlow. Then Spears removes the shirt and lands two lashes of his own, which kind of get a response from Wardlow. He then eggs him on to land the final lash, but gets kicked uh, down low from behind by MGF instead before receiving multiple lashes to the back. Uh, they then jump him before Spears holds him in place for a punch uh, with the dynamite ring from MJF. And then MJF actually orders Spears to hit a C4 on the handcuff Wardlow uh, and mockingly counts to three. Ahead of their I, I didn't, I for, oh, that makes it. Cause I was thinking, I was like, man, why is he holding him like that? Cause I noticed he had his arm around his shoulder. And I mm -hmm. thought if he didn't hit the C4 right, he was going to like, kind of land like pop his shoulder yeah. out but now mm. when you i forgot that his hands were were uh handcuffed so that's probably the best way you had to do it yeah but yeah, yeah he uh then counts them or mock mockingly counts a three uh three count because they have that cage match that's coming up as a prerequisite for the double or nothing match. and, so. and, he, and he's a special guest ref ain't he mjf uh, yeah that's right so yeah there you that, go. that makes more sense and i'll be honest this wasn't a bad uh segment it was short he, and sweet yeah but it I'd be lying if I didn't say with everything else going on, because we didn't really address it in the news, but there's supposedly all this chaos going on backstage between I, you know, I, Tony and MJF. And, I, I, I did have the quote, but I just didn't know how to, how to you know, fit it in to, yeah. to everything. But yeah, the, the, the quote was like, it's not all rainbows like everyone thinks it is backstage, supposedly. Yeah, I've heard that as well. There's like other, supposedly other talents who feel that way as well it's a little tense now and i don't know but um yeah i mean it did seem like with all that going on that his presence this week seemed a little tame than usual I'll but it's so still i feel like he still got the mission like whatever his mission was i feel like he accomplished it still though you know yeah i thought this was textbook this was great him getting upset that he's not selling it him having to resort to the low blow to try to get some sort of semblance of uh ego and get yep. what he actually wants out of this. He wanted to embarrass him with the segment. He couldn't do so. So yep. that's the way he's going to do. So I thought it was genius top to bottom. They didn't do anything extra. They didn't go overboard. And then, of course, it sets up Sean uh, to look strong in their cage match. So, yeah. Exactly. So, um, and I don't know if you've heard, he's now going by uh, the giant, giant killer. killer. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we get a, uh, we got three more matches in two segments. 
Uh, Owen Hart Foundation uh, quarterfinal. Kyle O'Reilly taking on Ray Phoenix. This is a really fun matchup. Uh, we see a springboard in Zaguri from Phoenix that sends Kyle to the floor. Then he hits a tope con Hilo through the second rope. Uh, Kyle actually counters a frog splash with a triangle choke and transitions to a cross arm bar before a picture in picture. Uh, Phoenix tries to hit that recoil spin kick, but uh, has his arm worked over for a while during picture in picture, so he's unable to. And then Kyle actually rebounds with a, uh, oh, I'm sorry, he, he gets worked over, but rebounds with a springboard super kick to Kyle, is what I should say. Uh, then we see a unique looking power bomb, I guess, from Phoenix. And they uh, rolling jumping yeah. Herc and Rana for two, which he usually does that cutter with it, which he, he that, goes for later. But yeah, that power bomb is that the one where you picked him up almost like a muscle buster and spin him out? No, it was actually, different than all oh, because I seen him yeah, do that see, one, but this is different then. Okay, yeah, see, that one's called the Black Tiger Driver or something like that, or the Black Fire Driver. Okay, yeah, yeah. he picked him up almost like uh, like uh, he was gonna go for the Alabama Slam and huh. then just lifted him and but also in the way where he turned him. So and then he did a 180 and caught him for a power bomb. It was very interesting. Uh, I got um, yeah, I got to check that out again. Okay, yeah, definitely. Kyle catches Phoenix in midair and hits a pair of butterfly suplexes before he eats a uh, springboard spin kick to the corner. I feel like he hasn't hit that that move in a while. The the, I've seen the him butterflies, maybe a right? Few weeks ago, but not. Oh, okay, get all three. Is what yeah, I'll that's say. what it is. The 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 triflex. The I forgot what they call Spectre, it. Yeah, yeah. Both men exchange their respective recoil attacks and ha uh, then they engage in a striking stalemate until Kyle hits uh, the KTFO but eats a super kick as well. Uh, Phoenix hits a rope walk Hurricane Rana to the floor before Kyle counters a rolling jumping cutter by catching Phoenix in a cross arm bar. Then he uh, actually transitions to that arm bar knee bar combo before ultimately getting the submission win. Thank so you. Thank you for not bringing up that garbage ass rope. <laughs> That shit was garbage, bro. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's why I said recoil attacks. Yeah, bro. <laughs> because be when nice. I saw it, I'm like, we're really going to stand there and sell them. Kyle Ooh. is known to sell everything he can, though. And that's to, that's not to his detriment as much as it's, like, to his credit. But it sucks when they, you know. Because even earlier on in the night, it's, sometimes it's the cameraman, you know. Like, earlier I saw uh, Johnny Elite and Joe were talking all over the floor. And it's like, cameraman, shit change your angle bro like what are you doing you know like i don't know anyway we get one to the next uh big ticket item jericho versus william regal face to face uh they, we they, see everybody they listen out. to the podcast <laughs> oh yeah yeah man uh jericho says the attack by bcc and lax could have only been orchestrated by regal says he thought regal would be dead by now and calls him wasted potential a world-class addict who's been fired from every place he's worked at and snuck into AEW on the coattails of his protégés. He was throwing some bombs in this. In this a uh, lot of people were not happy about this online, about making light of the addiction stuff. Yeah, he did. He really, you know, and I didn't get into the intricacies of everything he said. I said, you know, he kind of cuts everyone down in the ring one by one and does get very personal. Uh, and he basically calls them a royal flush of losers. But, yeah, I mean, I didn't mind it because it was some top-notch heel promo work from Jericho, which I've heard kind of nothing more than fluff and I'm the wizard and all this shit the last couple No, yeah, you know, so, you're right. It didn't bother me too much. I thought it was risky for him just because I think I've been too used to him going light. Yeah. It was more like some MJF territory, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's why I wasn't too like phased by it, yeah. Yeah, but, it really made me feel like, oh, so you are really like one of the top guys, like again, you know what I mean? Because yeah, it feels I mean, like a side yeah. project almost, you know, it, until he cut that. You gotta love how John Moxie just no sold it too. The whole <laughs> shit was great, you know. 
the classic mox. Uh, he tells Regal to just stay home or he'll either get a fireball on his face or piss in his tea again, which I kind of like the callback, you know? That's what I'm saying. He uh, heard the podcast, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Regal says he had to endure Jericho's vile voice since the first day they met. The only thing worse is the screams of a burning orphan. When he said that, I was like, oh, it's getting deep. I'm like, that's yeah. a hell of an insult, bro. Bro, seriously. Uh, agrees he has an ugly past, but remembers the time to stick in Jericho's toothbrush off his backside while he was working in the ring and claims to have done so just last week. Jericho <laughs> says he knows they want to fight. And uh, begins to challenge him to a stadium stampede, but Mox shuts that shit down and says, I'm "Yeah, I was hoping that shit. I was hoping Mark would have saw that segment so he could like, yeah, fuck that." <laughs> well, I love the way he did it. I felt like he, like Mark, was vicariously like, "I'm not doing that shit." <laughs> yeah, dude. No, that was. It was just, yeah, uh, yeah. He he challenges the JAS to what I I guess is a he he kind of coined anarchy in the arena, which sounded corny, but. A no DQ gang should have been blood and guts. style match. I thought he was going to go blood and guts, but I guess they didn't want to do it. I mean, that might have made double or nothing really big, but would have been I, super I stacked, huh? Yeah, yeah. But basically, says it'll be pro wrestling versus sports entertainment. Jericho tries to stir the pot by reminding Mox and Santana of their history with the eye for an eye, as well as Brian and Eddie with their yeah, it was good. Know, he, yeah, yeah, really good way. Uh, very cerebral of Jericho. Uh, you know, because he called Eddie lazy and he thought he was a judgmental prick. Eddie says he doesn't care about the pay-per-view buys. He just wants to fight. Uh, they decline and exit instead. And Kingston goes to chase and Brian stops him, you know, trying to lead with a better, you know, uh, uh, more educated uh, strategy. Uh, strategy. Yeah. And they get into a sort of a shoving match uh, to sell the can they get on the same page angle. And then randomly, Seidel and Dante challenged BCC to a match on Rampage. Oh, you mean Matt Seidel and Lee Moore? Or <laughs> I was like, Wait, aren't you rolling with Lee Moriarty? What happened? Yeah, it's they're just interchangeable, know. are we? No, I, I <laughs> guess, was, man. It, yeah, I, I did like the segment though with uh BCC. Um, they seem a little bit more cohesive, but yep. I also like the interesting thing where you see Moxley at the step in front of Kingston, who's his man, but then he has to kind of get in between Daniel or Danielson too, who's his current partner. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, no, I got you. Uh, next, we get a uh, another Owen Hart Foundation quarterfinal. Britt Baker taking on her Joker, revealed as Maki Ito, which you know that I I was pumped, but I kind of no, I was idea. happy. I was happy yeah. for that. I, I, it was a pleasant surprise, you know who who I would have rathered, but I yeah. wasn't mad at this because I felt like she should have stayed the first time. So yeah, no, for sure. And I did have an idea because she did tweet earlier in the week that she would be having uh, a, a match in America. In, within the week so it made sense in my mind like in terms of the time frame but uh, Brit, Brit and Maki they kind of play on how they were tag partners for a match back in the day they go to hug and Ito looks like she's going to lay down for Baker but she sneaks a small package uh, Maki begins to cry after getting punched by Brit only to stomp on her foot and flip her off before she misses a headbutt and uh, actually receives a sling blade uh, from Brit before picture in picture uh, Britt tries to smash Maki's head into the turnbuckle, but Ito showcases her hard skull and then uh, hits a tornado DDT and finally hits the falling headbutt. But Britt hits a uh, basement super kick and applies the lockjaw for the win. Post-match, Tony Storm arrives on stage to send a message ahead of their upcoming semifinal match. But uh, it was short and sweet, <laughs> but, you know. Yeah, no, it was, I, I thought it was a good look for her, especially her being in Houston of all places to get a pop like that. That's pretty great. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. And speaking of women's wrestling, uh, we get uh, a yeah. interesting segment yeah. where Tony, uh, uh, Tony Schiavone begins to plug the three-year anniversary show next week when Serena Deeb interrupts, says she's tired of hearing them talk, 
apparently she uh, is confronting him about saying she feels like he said she can't beat or won't beat Sheeta at double or nothing when he kind of corrects and says, I think you are capable of beating her because he has or she has, but I just predicted she would win. Uh, then she calls out Dustin for his vignette comments. He obliges with an appearance. Deep calls him a failure and uh, dresses him down for knowing her exact plight in the wrestling business before coming to AEW. Uh, says Dustin has no balls, but will respect her after defeating uh, his, you know, his protege. And then Rosa comes down uh, while she slaps Dustin. And she attempts to make the save, but Dustin restrains her. Uh, and she's reaching for Deeb and accidentally elbows Dustin in the head, which leaves her open to get blasted from behind with the title belt. And Deeb actually leaves up the ramp holding Rose's title. So I wasn't sure she was stealing it or if that was just, you know, what they uh, ended on. But, you know, that was I'm, I'm hoping so. I mean, I thought this was a good segment. It, it, it started off a little bit. I was like, where are we going with this? And it kind of felt like yeah. a little bit lengthy, but she did have a good things to say. And uh, she didn't let the crowd uh, uh, take her off course. And it was a great heel work, to be honest. It got me a little bit more excited for their for their match for next yeah. week. So it did its job. All I'll say I is, uh, I wish they would have done it earlier in the show because I feel like hmm. Serena or the designated like Thunder Rosa always has some weird on ramp segment or interaction yeah. right before the main event. It, it, it's it's or the the last quarter of the show. It's weird. But uh, speaking of main event, we have the uh, the first semifinal, the Owen Hart Foundation uh, tournament. We got Adam Cole taking on Jeff Hardy. Adam Cole attacks Jeff during his entrance to kick off the match. His commentary sell Jeff's damage from last week's no DQ match with Darby. We see a backstabber early on uh, before picture in picture. Then they return from break with Jeff hitting the uh, compactor, which I haven't seen him pull that out for a while for two uh, for a two count. Uh, we see Jeff hit the inverted Enziguri and set out uh, Gord Buster. Goes for the whisper in the wind, but eats a super kick in midair from Cole. These super kicks are getting ridiculous now because <laughs> I was kind of. I was a little worried about uh, Jeff uh, landing on the way down, you know? So, uh, but Jeff eventually hits both variations uh, of his twist of fate, the stunner version and the reverse version, yeah. which I haven't seen in many years. Yeah. But go through the swanton and misses only for Cole to rebound and hit the boom for the win. Uh, Post-match, we see Cole teasing, uh, picking the bones, but Matt Hardy gets there first and, you know, puts some, uh, puts, puts himself in front of him while we see the Bucks enter the ring from behind. They tease a super kick party, but uh, ultimately they get distracted while Cole blindsides the Hardys from behind with a clothesline. Uh, Bucks hit Matt with a BTE trigger, then begin stomping out Jeff when Darby and Sting hit the ring. Well, Darby hits the ring crazy. Yeah, uh, yeah dude, he, it was almost like the camera almost didn't catch him before. All you see is Sting walking out. I'm like, oh, it's just Sting? And then you see, I'm like, oh, Darby's already in the ring. I didn't, I didn't notice. Yeah. That's how, right I past about how, that's how I felt about how fast Lethal got to the ring with Joe earlier in the night. That's Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. yeah. But uh, they hit the ring to even the odds, and then we see Red Dragon storm down and hit Darby with a high-low on the ramp. Then Kyle tries to hit Sting with a steel chair. He no-sells it and shoves it in Kyle's face. But the Bucks hit Sting with a super kick party. Then Kyle actually pilmanizes his leg with a diving knee drop before the show goes off the air in Bedlam. So I wasn't mad at that because we haven't seen a show uh, or a dynamite go off the air like that mid madness in a while. Yeah, and, I was gonna uh, say, yeah, they've done it, but not a whole lot. Yeah, and yeah. and the fact that they, I mean, you know, some will say they oh they booked themselves to get that kind of heat, but the Bucks for the Bucks they hit a super kick party on Sting. Come on, man. Yeah, I thought yeah that was crazy. But uh, in terms of uh, Matt's announcements, because they didn't have anything formal this week, so I, I was able to grab it from uh, Twitter. Uh, it looks like we got 
uh, Sean Spears taking on a giant, quote unquote, uh, Red Velvet versus Chris Statlander for the Owen Hart uh, Foundation Tournament. House of Black taking on Evil Uno, Tin, and Fuego Del Sol. Dante Martin and Matt Seidel taking on Moxley and Brian Danielson, which is a very bad idea for them. <laughs> and then Sky, I guess, demands the return of the TNT Championship, which did it go missing or... Because I don't remember seeing that did Sammy steal it or something after the defense on Rampage. I didn't see anything like that. I know he got in the um, ring afterwards, but I yeah, I didn't. I don't. I don't think so. I'm yeah, trying to remember because so I, I remember he tried to get in the ring, but then like I can't remember. I got I got to go back and look. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I'll have to double check. But yeah, so that's what's going on for Rampage. I don't have anything going on for next week, Dynamite, except probably that triple threat match that we already kind of confirmed with uh, Jungle Boy, Swerve, and uh, Stark. So that would be interesting. And then po- possibly uh, Rapungi Vice and FTR, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Well, I have a feeling that might go down to double or nothing. Oh. Which I All think right. would be a good – that would be good to add to the card because I don't know. There's not much on the card besides the buy-in match with Hookhausen, I guess <laughs> they're trying to plug. Uh I mean, and, they, and I they guess got the, it's a handicap match now, right? Yeah, because Tony Nese was like, I don't, because they were trying to make it where it was supposed to be him and and uh, Mark Sterling, but Sterling's like putting over that he's hurt, and he's, yeah. I don't, I don't even own a pair of tights. I'm like, you do, yeah. We've seen him, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, so he's saying I can beat him by myself. So that's a handicap match. You got Thunder Rosa and um, uh, Serena, Serena D, D yeah. for the World Women's Tag or the Women's Championship. And I don't the know world title. Yeah, Pumpkin I don't know page. Well, there has to be some sort of battle royal, right? That's usually what they do. I mean, that's how that's how they started with with Hangman. Yeah, that's what I mean. That, exactly. I mean, I, I it's 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 still a pretty clear card, you know. It, it's so they, yeah, CM they Punk have, and Hangman too. Yeah, that's yeah. What oh, well, I guess JAS versus BCC and LAX. I mean, I'm pretty sure we're gonna get Hardys and the Bucks, right? I would love for that to happen, but yeah, that 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 seems. I mean, because even they did have that segment. I didn't even get a chance to talk about it, but. Uh, I just, I mean, a lot of the verbiage, I mean, they called them Hardy cosplayers and yeah, he said, cut that Christian AFBS. Jeff is funny because he always seems like a guy that's like, he watches the episodes and he's still trying to catch up to what they're doing now, but he's like, all right, what can I say? That's going to be a kind of relatable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Christian AF. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, but no, um, that was uh, dynamite this week, man. The only this is my only complaint, and it's all I'm gonna say because we're gonna get to it. Is it me or have I noticed anytime we have champions, their TV time is kind of minimized? Like we don't see them on TV as much. Like Thunder Rosa always disappears. Like Hangman, man. Like it's yeah. weird, right? Her like, whole it, run has been very questionable. Um, or, or we get more backstage segments than we do live segments. Like even with Jungle Express, they do a lot of backstage interviews and stuff. You know yeah, I mean? I mean, but remember they were doing that thing where they were defending the belts every Friday at, at first, and I don't know what happened with that. And then Sky's talking about I mean, he he's gotten a good run lately mm-hmm. in terms of TV time, and he's talking about he's gonna be a fighting champion. And yeah, yeah, he did a lot do of the momentum thing with Kazarian, but you yeah, know, I, we'll I, see I guess. Yeah, well, yeah, I was gonna say we'll have to see what where, where they land on that with the double or nothing card. But yeah, yeah, yeah man. Rampage is tonight, so we'll see what, what happens too. So. Rampage, baby. Maybe um, he'll do the multi-man match. Yeah. That, that might be a that might, champion. So. that might I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we shall we shall see. I Plus, mean, if I, he goes over, that'll make him look like a million bucks. You know what I mean? So I mean, I, I just hope we're not gonna get another singles match between him and yeah. Sammy again. You know what I mean? No, I yeah, mean, I, maybe a triple threat because of based on how it went down. With yeah, a dirty finish, but yeah, we'll we'll have to see how 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 they. I need something that's gonna 
be interesting, not just for the sake of having yeah, it on the card. You it, know what I mean? It would have to be, yeah, because and of course that, that that you mean with Kazarian as a third, right? Because they can't make a third com- yeah. uh, uh, competitor or contender in what a week? It's about a week or so. I mean, one so. one would argue if they would have went a different way, it could have been Ethan Page. Yeah, I, I know. Really think I thought I thought that's what was happening until we got. It could have been a fatal four way in a way. Yeah, you yeah, I, I would like that, but you know, but yeah, that was dynamite, man. For sure, man. Thank you all again for uh, always doing what y'all doing. That's tuning in to our show every week, man. Getting your little wrestling fix or hot takes. The the the, the topics of the news, the the newest scoops. We we here to give it to you all, man. And uh, you guys are always supporting us. And if you're not, you can do so right now by following us on social media. That is at the Quincy Jones Show on Instagram, at Quincy Jones Show on Twitter, and of course backslash Quincy Jones Show on Facebook. And we're also at the Quincy Jones Show on TikTok, man. Just dropped another uh, Russell Wednesdays vid. Go ahead and check it out, man. Tune in, hit that duet yeah. button, hit that remix button, whatever you got to do. And of course, if you want to support us just a little, little teeny tiny bit more for $10, Buster, we can hook you up with a KJS pocket tee, man. It's getting hot out here, bro. It's getting a little high. Might need to show a little bit more mm-hmm. skin than it was before. We got you, man. Just hit us up. We got sizes, uh, medium, large, extra large, man. Just hit us up. The Quincy Jones Show at gmail.com. And uh, again, $10, Buster, we'll ship it out to you. It's from me. We're the ones hand packing it. It's, it's, it is what it is. You're getting part of the magic. You know what I'm saying? Yes, uh, but also know that uh, I'm also available for music, whether it's theme songs, whether it's that rippity rap, wrestle hop whatever you want to call it man at the quincy jones uh, uh anywhere you go to get music man right now on spotify uh got the single no mercy popping uh and of yes, course sir. you can always tune in to the uh, podcast every friday at true 100 uh, uh radio.com that's gonna be spotify that's gonna be itunes that's gonna be Castbox. that is uh gonna be also uh i know i'm forgetting one why do i always forget one uh, 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 I said Spotify. I said it's, it's anywhere you go to get your podcast, man. The the, the podcast app too on uh, if you got Thank an you. iPhone, boom. Thank you. And uh, yeah, and uh, of course you could always uh check out Doc's catalog on the music side as well. Yes, sir. You guys know what it is, man. Uh, go ahead and go to your favorite platform to uh check out your favorite artist, which is uh me and Quincy Jones. You just don't know it yet, or maybe you do, and you already know this is just the same old rhetoric. But I'm here to remind you, man. You guys know what it is. Go to the search bar, D-O-C-L-E-S-N-A-R. Boom, there I are with five-star bars for you and yours to put in a jar to go straight to Mars, et cetera, et cetera. You guys, check out my music. This is awesome. That's my latest album that's been on there for at least the last year. Uh, number's been doing great, baby. Oh, yeah, baby. The, the American stream, baby. But check out tracks, World Greatest Tag Team. Uh, by yours truly me and Quincy Jones go I got Mega Ran on there strong silent remix go ahead and not if you guys don't you know don't just uh settle on that project I got audio visual all kinds of stuff just check classics. it out man and I'm on classics man and you know like I said any platform iTunes Apple Music Tidal Amazon SoundCloud everything in between Spotify uh Instagram TikTok I'm on there man uh and uh speaking of TikTok you can find me on TikTok at Doc Lesnar also find me on Instagram at Doc Lesnar uh, and at doc underscore kjs pod for all things this uh that's to do with this podcast wrestle wednesdays it is a thing boom hashtag that please join in uh go ahead and find me uh as doc lesnar on mercari as well i got wrestling figs and pins and everything in between wrestling merch check me out and uh find me on twitter and facebook at i'm doc lesnar and other than that my good sir it's been a great episode but i got three words for him top, top guys, guys out